So guess what I'm doing this week? Calling an audible. I told you we were going to do a Love Strong series this month. We had the stuff ready, the slides. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that, a great, isn't that a great slide? We had the slides ready. We had stuff ready to hang on the wall. And I really felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to roll through the foundations and deal with it. what we started last week that was supposed to be a one-hit wonder, right? Remember one-hit wonders? Like the song Cars, in Cars. Remember that one-hit wonder? All right. So remember one-hit wonder? I thought that's what it was going to be. That's not what it's going to be. We're going to walk through foundations so that we can understand our DNA at Faith Chapel by the end of this month. we got new people joining us, and we need to know that we have the same strand of DNA flowing through us, and we're speaking our tribal language with one another. How many of you have ever been to Lambert's Cafe? Wow. How many of you like to catch a roll? It's the home of throwed rolls, right? Horrible English, but delicious rolls. When my dad was alive, he loved stopping at Lambert's Cafe. He enjoyed catching a throat roll, but he never ate it. I'm like, Dad, they smell so good. You put some butter and some honey on that thing? Come on. How many know you need honey on your biscuit? Can I get a hallelujah, right? I'm like, you, yeah, come on. He's like, I'm not wasting the space on bread, son. He's like, I'll catch a roll, but I don't waste that kind of space on bread. I want meat. Dad was a meat eater. He would have been here last week for the wing night. I mean, that's just the way it was. Have you ever been to Ruth Chris Steakhouse? You know, much, far fewer woos, all right? Much more expensive. How many of you, when you went there, they threw rolls at you? No. It's not going to happen, right? Every church house is different. Every place is different, and you kind of need to understand the culture of that, Right? So last week we talked about this, and I'll just review this. Number one, when it comes to kind of the DNA of the church, we are a church of his presence. Is our media program giving us trouble today? You know what happened? It's because we showed the Love Strong slide. We weren't supposed to do that, and that's exactly what got us in trouble. So last week, number one, we talked about um, being a church of his presence. And let me just share that. I preached on it last week, so let me just give you this by way of review. In Revelation chapter 3, we read this letter that Jesus wrote to the pastor of a local church that was to be shared with that local church. And in that letter, Jesus says this, I stand at the door and knock, and if you'll open, if you'll open the door, I'll come in. And it's a beautiful passage that we have an opportunity to, come, to let Jesus come in, but there's also a negative to that passage. And that would be this, how sad to find that Jesus would be on the outside of a local church having to knock on the door. I, I don't want him to ever have to knock on the door. I want him to know that our door is wide open to him, and this is his house. This house will be called a house of prayer for every ethnicity, every ethnic group. This is a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus, we want you here. We don't want you to ever to knock on the door and ask if you can come in. Actually, we want to come before your presence with honor to you and giving glory to you. We want to be a church of his presence. Now, the reason I mentioned this, and we talked about this last week, we are more committed to being sensitive to the Holy Spirit than we are sensitive to seekers. I'll say it this way. We are more committed to being spirit-sensitive than we are seeker-sensitive. Too many times, it's easy to design a service into what we feel like people need and how we feel like we need to give it to them when the reality is, if we knew what people needed, we didn't need the revelation of Jesus. Jesus came because we were so lost, we didn't even know what we needed. We needed a deliverer, a savior, a teacher, a redeemer, a messiah, a king, a priest, a deliverer, and thank God he was all of those things and is all of those things. 
So I want to be committed to being a church of his presence because they don't need me and they don't need you, even though in context at times they do need us, but what ultimately they need is him. We spend too much time trying to make sure that we get alliteration in our messages. I'm going to talk about prayer today. Powerful prayer, passionate prayer, persistent prayer, peculiar prayer, people of prayer. When we walk out, we got a lot of peace, but where do we go with that? I mean, where, where, we don't just need another design that, wow, that was attention getting. We need his presence. We need his presence. We don't just need a, just a thought or just a challenge. We need him. So we want to be a church of his presence. Number two, one, one of the reasons we believe this is because one moment in his presence changes everything. How many came to early service last week, but you're at later service this week? Is there anyone you were here early service last week? So if you were early service last week, you heard me talk about this. Late service last week, I never even got to this. We spent all of our time talking about point one. How come you didn't get to this? Your hearts were so hard last week. I had to spend a lot of time on point one. I really, this side in particular, I could feel it. There was Gordy. I'm not sure what's going on, but there was such a resistance. So I, so, um, so if you were early service last week, you're going to get more than a review because we didn't get to point two last week, but here it is. John chapter 11, verses 21 to 23 says this, uh, Lord, Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask for. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, here's just a simple thought I'm going to share with you. If we want to be his church of his presence, because more than we're the guests of honor, he's the guest of honor. And because it's about him, it's not about us. And if we're hosting his presence, one of the beautiful things about that is all it takes is one touch from God to change everything. Jesus and his disciples had been away from Bethany, and Bethany's the town where Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary, lived. And they'd even sent word to Jesus that Lazarus wasn't doing well. He was sick. And, and uh, Jesus stayed where he was for a few more days, and he finally works his way there. And by the time he arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And Jesus arrives, and Martha rushes out to meet him. And notice the faith that she has. She so trusted him. That she said, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Now, I think this is also amazing because she doesn't seem bitter about it. It's not like she's pointing her finger, you should have been here, you let me down. That's a complete different attitude. But she said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She had hope after death. How many of you have hope after death? Do you believe in the resurrection? That one of these days, every generation from forever is going to stand together and worship God Almighty. Absolutely beautiful. We have hope of resurrection. And yet, Jesus says, well, your brother will rise again. She didn't realize how quickly he meant that was going to happen. Now, you all know the story. Jesus goes to the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come forth. It's my personal belief that if he wouldn't have said Lazarus, every dead person would have came forth. Right? Because when the author of life speaks, death has to respond. And Lazarus comes hopping up out of the tomb. What took place in that moment? Jesus got his disciples involved. How many like to do leadership and delegate? Jesus got his disciples involved and he said, all right, boys, go and unwrap the bandages. I want you to think about the practicalness of this, okay? I think Jesus did that not just so that they could touch a former dead man, but after four days, how many know Lazarus had a smell? How many know he stunk? He had a stank on him. 
And Jesus sent his disciples. He's like, you know what? You go deal with it. They're like, Lord, you're just such an amazing deliverer. This is fantastic. How long did that last? That smell? You know what I mean? Beth and I, many, many years ago, many, many years ago, she wanted a leather couch. How many know leather couches are way too expensive? It's a lot of money to sit on a dead cow. Can I get an amen? I mean, they're just way, they're just way too expensive. And uh, she wanted a leather couch. And there used to be a furniture store over at what used to be the Bell's Outlet, the Bell's Mall, right? And when, how many remember when it was the Bell's Mall? There was a furniture store there. And you could go and you could find some good deals. We walked in there one time and there was this beautiful leather couch. And it was like 500 bucks and it wasn't like pleather or imitation leather or leather from a gopher. It was the real stuff. And we walk over, I'm like, Beth's like, that is gorgeous. And, and it had the matching chairs, it had the ottoman, it had the whole bit. The whole package was like $1,000. I'm like, are you kidding me? God is blessing us. And I walk over and I sat down on it and this puff of horrible fragrance hit me right in the face. I'm like, what is that? And he goes, well, we got these from, how many remember Famous Bar? We got these from Famous Bar. A skunk got loose in their warehouse and just blasted all these leather couches. But don't worry, it'll eventually go out. How many know you never believe a salesman? But we bought them anyway. It was November. We spent the next three months in our house with the windows open. You would come in, you would set up, whoa, but aren't they pretty? They're just so pretty. There were times we'd be watching a show together. I'm like, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be able to taste this. And the problem is when you hold your nose, then you kind of eat it. You know what I'm talking when about? When you, how many hate to eat a fragrance, you know? And it was a rough time, but we were broke, man. It was like, thank you, God, we're just going to endure. After about five months, it was gone. It was gone, unless you would run in and jump on it. When you jump on it, it would really kind of hit you. It took a while. We still have the two chairs. We had an intern break the couch, but that's a whole other story. But we, we still have the two chairs. Fragrances, I wonder how long Lazarus had the smell. Showed up at the synagogue the next week. Hey, God, but whoa, could you? <laughs> wow, fresh. He's a freshie, okay? When you do resurrection miracles, there's a stink that's involved with it, all right? Jesus showed up. One moment in his presence. A dead man's alive. One moment in his presence. Somebody with a grieving heart is healed. How many of you have ever had him give you beauty for the ashes? giving you beauty for the ashes. I remember a time when Beth and I were so financially strapped that we were just praying for the next meal and going to the, going to the pantry and opening it up and seeing that all was left was the can of yams, literally. And we had a package of frozen pulled pork in the freezer that someone had given us when we were speaking up at their church. So we were literally down to pork and yams. Now, pull, pulled pork's great, but not the sixth day in a row. And why do you even have canned yams in the first place? Do you ever look at your pantry and go, I would never eat that. How did it even find its way here? How many have a lot of stuff in your pantry you would never eat? But you, you're like, how did, I don't even know why, what, did I lose my brain when I bought those things in the first place? I remember, I remember being there, just trusting him for the next meal. Because when you're an evangelist and people give you a love offering, what that usually means is they say, love you, <laughs> not paying you, thanks for coming, right? We're not that way at Faith Chapel. We believe in generosity. 
We believe in abundance. We believe in blessing people. And I think part of the reason is we learned. We learned you got to show honor. I'd been there. I'd been so broke, I didn't know how we were going to pay for something. And then I've had somebody come up and say, I don't know what's going on. Please don't be embarrassed. But the Lord spoke to my heart and hand me thousands of dollars. And you go from being broke and you're like, thank God I don't have to eat the canned yams to being able to go out and buy a steak and being able to pay your electric bill without worrying about it and being able to put a few dollars back for the next emergency. One moment in his presence can change everything. Whether it's a deliverance for your family, an addiction that needs to be destroyed, a financial miracle that you're counting on him for, one moment in his presence changes everything. Listen, if we don't host his presence here, we're not giving people the opportunity for the miraculous. We're not. If we don't host his presence here, we might as well close up and just all like morph into other houses, other spiritual houses. But God's called us to be a church of his presence because there are addicts that have tried everything else, but they haven't been touched by his presence yet. There are people with chronic sickness that have been to doctors and spent everything that they have, but they haven't been touched by his presence yet. There are people that are so broke, they don't know where the next meal's coming from, but they haven't been touched by his presence yet. And if we host his presence, everything can change. One moment in his presence changes everything. Number three, spiritual sensitivity is normal for believers. New stuff for you. I would even say, and I didn't put it this way, but I would say spiritual sensitivity is normal for people. It's just normal, but we don't always recognize it. It's definitely normal for believers, but I would say it's really normal for everybody. And we just need to help people understand that. Uh, how many of you, before you became a Christian, there were times that you could feel like darkness or you wondered if there was a ghost or a demon or you heard negative stuff coming into your mind? How many had that happen before you were a Christian? And you're like, well, Pastor Brad, I still have it happen. How many still have it happen? Okay. It's interesting to me that we have a world that understands the spirit. They've got movies and shows about it and trying to track that ghost and somebody's dead mom and they have a seance because this happens and they believe in spiritual sensitivity. And then we invite people to the church and we give them three points in a poem and think it's going to help them overcome. Why would we do that? Dear Lord, who should be the most spiritually sensitive people there are? That should be the people in the house of God. We should be spiritually sensitive. Now look in John chapter 5 verses 19 through 20 says this, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he's doing some beautiful things, and then he says, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself, he can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. I'm going to pause here for a second. Obviously, in my opinion, the main point of this passage is that the son is being obedient to the father. He's walking in obedience. How many of you know there's blessings for obedience? You can reap blessings for being obedient. How many of you know you can also reap for being disobedient? So we, we prefer obedience. So Jesus is stressing his obedience to his father. But there's a spiritual principle that he's sharing here that I don't want us to miss out on. Jesus was obedient to what he saw his father doing. Now, notice it wasn't in past tense. He's not saying, 
I do what my father had showed me to do when I was in heaven with him. We're talking about someone that was living on earth that was still looking at his father. John 4.24 says what? God is spirit and his worshipers worship him in spirit and truth. So God is spirit, and how many know you don't see spirit? At least not with the physical eye. But you see spirit with the spiritual eye. Jesus was talking about his spiritual sensitivity that he could see what the Father was doing. The Son, who was wrapped up in humanity, Son of God, Son of Man, would look into the Spirit to see what his Father was doing. Oh, my Father's going to Bethlehem. It's time for me to go to Bethlehem. Oh, my Father's highlighting this woman. I need to go in and have a conversation with that woman. Oh, the Father has selected these 12. Those are the 12 that I'm going to call out to be my disciples and to follow me. Jesus saw what the Father was doing, and he was going to continue to see even greater things. You know what that means? In the Greek, there's a couple of different Greek words going on here. I don't do this all the time, but I'll do it this time. There's present tense. Present tense means what's happening right now. You all know that. Present progressive tense. What's happening now and will continue to happen. We see both of those used in the Greek in this verse where he says, I see what my father's doing, present tense, he, and yet, yes, and he will show him even greater things, present progressive tense. In other words, this isn't going to stop, this is going to continue, I'm going to keep seeing what he wants to show me. Let me ask you a question, how many of you have ever seen a vision? Did you know that it's your right as sons and daughters to see them? God's word says that young men will see visions. Now, when we talk about men there, we're not just singling out the guys. In our culture, and it was very similar in the way that they translated, in our culture, when you say, hey, guys, it kind of refers to both genders, right? If I came up here and said, hey, gals, it would have a complete different feeling. Ben Kenny would walk out and go, this service is not for me, all right? So there's a difference between saying, hey, guys, and hey, gals, and we get it. It's just kind of the way the language works. It's not about picking on anyone. It's just the way that the language works. We talk about your young men seeing visions, about the spirit being poured out on maidservants and sons and daughters. We're talking about something that's available for any, everyone. Ladies, don't count yourself out. You were created to see visions. Guys, don't count yourself out. You're supposed to see visions. Hey, don't think that it has to happen when you get older. You need to have your visions now. Let the Lord show you now. Let him, let him open up your eyes now. Did you know that Jesus is referred to as the second Adam? Do you know that? The second Adam. Think about that. First Adam created by God directly. Dust of the ground. Adam, right? Ben Ha-Adam. In the Hebrew, Ben Ha-Adam, son of God. Direct creation of God. God breathed life into him. Boom, you have a man. God created him. God, through the Holy Spirit, put his seed within a woman so that Jesus is a direct creation, if you will, of God. Jesus, the Son of God, a ben, ha, uh, excuse me, a ben Ha Elohim, a direct Son of God. So you've got Adam, who's the Son of God. You've got Jesus, who's the Son of God. Jesus has come to restore everything that Adam forfeited. Have you ever read the account of the creation? They ate the banana that they weren't supposed to eat. You remember that? They went and they picked the banana and they peeled it. With every time they pulled back a peel, they were seduced a little bit more to sin against the Lord, and they took a bite of a banana. How many know that's exactly what happened? 
How many know that we don't know it was an apple? Walt Disney made it an apple. We don't really know. It's, it was either a banana or a kiwi. I'm not completely convinced yet. It would be easy in our human videos if it was a banana because everybody would get that. All right, we would all understand that, okay? All right, it's appealing. It's an appealing ministry. Now, thank you. Thank you very much. Adam and Eve ate what they weren't supposed to eat, sinned against the Lord, right? God comes walking into the garden. It says they recognized his sound, and they hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? Because they were naked. It's okay to say it in church. because they were naked, all right? Jesus looks at them, or God looks at them and says, who told you you were naked? Who told you? He knew he hadn't told them. He didn't care. How many know that once innocence is hit is when shame comes in? How many of you ever had kids that would get out of the bathtub and come running through the living room just free and loving life? How many of you have ever babysat someone? You're like, oh, dear Father in heaven. All right? They have a towel on, but it's a cape, right? <laughs> you ever see, I mean, anybody else have superhero capes after bath time? I mean, they are soaring, they are running, they are free and loving life, right? And you're like, I'm thankful that you have a towel, but could we go ahead and wrap it around the loin area? How about that, okay? They don't care. They're kids. There's no shame in it. It's not bad till we make it bad. Okay? Now, granted, they're 18. <laughs> it starts to bring up some serious issues, and perhaps Celebrate Recovery on a Monday night could be a group that you could connect with. So, I, I granted, there's a point, you're like, wow, that's a little much, a little much, okay? But they, the Lord hadn't told them that they were naked, but they knew. And when they heard his sound, they felt shame. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard the sound of God? Even in their fallen state, they heard him. And when they heard him, they hid. Now, that's not the way we are. When we hear him come in, we like rush more, Lord. <laughs> I want more of you. But they, they, they hid away. And what did I, well, we're naked. Who told you we're naked? Uh, and he tells them, uh, they had a communication with God. God who is spirit, they had a, even in their fallen state, they still had a spiritual sensitivity to hear him, to have conversation with him, to respond to him. Church, how's your spiritual sensitivity? When's the last time that you said, God, I want to see you? God, I want to hear you. God, I want to touch you. A few years ago, I was praying in the basement in our house. And uh, I was walking back and forth, and I was having a night. I was, Grandpa used to say I was pressing in. I was pressing in, man. I just wanted more of his presence. And, and I was pacing over to where the sliding glass door is. I turned back and walked back to where the air conditioning vents were. And I'm back and forth, and I am praying. And his presence was getting so strong in that basement. And I remember turning, and I'm praying, and I heard him say, and I, I just felt his presence, and I stopped, and I didn't move. And I felt him right in front of me. And he said, open your eyes if you want to see me. And I went, no. It was so overwhelming. Not that I couldn't because he gave me the eye. He wasn't challenging me. He was giving me an opportunity, but his presence was so overwhelming. I could hardly stand up with my eyes closed. I was worried that if I opened my eyes, I was just going to puddle. Just right there just and then you know what's so odd about being a human 
when the Lord showed himself to Beth, I got mad at her. Isn't that, just, isn't that a guy? Son, open your eyes. You can see me. No. Your wife gets to see him. That's not fair. Isn't that, isn't that a guy, ladies? Can I, isn't that just the way we are, right? She had an encounter where she saw the Lord. She shared that with many of you. It's absolutely beautiful. Lord, open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. Did you know in the book of Psalms it talks about the fragrances of God? David taught, how did he even know there were fragrances of God? Probably because he smelled them. When's the last time that you were in a prayer time, all of a sudden you started smelling perfume in the room? Or just the aromas, you're like, whoa, life just walked in. Life walked in. Listen, I, I don't understand all of it. I'm just here to compel you that we've been given spiritual sensitivity. It's supposed to be normal. Don't think somebody's a freak for saying they had a vision. Don't think you're crazy for hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're in prayer and you feel something touch you and you open your eyes and nothing's there, don't think you weren't touched. Walk in that spiritual sensitivity. It's a gift from the Lord. Your, your physical senses really just replicate what your spiritual senses offer you for you to have that opportunity to walk in it all the time. Let's go to the fourth point, last point for today. And we'll see if we can do this any justice at all. And it says, signs and wonders leave us wondering about God. Now, I want to get through this point because we did with the first service. And I want to make sure that we're all together moving forward to next week. So let's just see, let's just see how we do. Um, when I think about signs and wonders, I love that God doesn't necessarily define what they are. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You might want to take pictures of these or jot them down. We're going to do these really quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, um, God gives miraculous powers. I, specifically, I'll say the Holy Spirit, who we obviously know as God. But in Revela or 1 Corinthians 12, we get to read a list of spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit gives. Now, there's other times we read about the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you have ever read about that? Love, joy, peace, goodness, right? You know those, those nine fruit of the Spirit. But here we're reading about gifts of the Spirit. So there are times that we need to walk with self-control and joy and, and peace. That's fruit of the Spirit. But if the Spirit's in me, then I have His gifts that are given to me as well. And it says that some people are given this and some people are given that. And then we go, and to another, to another what? Person miraculous powers to another prophecy to another the gift of discernment between spirits to another speaking in different languages or tongues and still another the interpretation of tongues now i just took it in the middle of the statement of the sentence these are a few of the things that the holy spirit gives how many of you believe that god gives visions right uh, how many believe that god gives prophetic words how many believe that God gives people miraculous powers? It's, it's a bigger sound, isn't it? What, do you, what gifts do you operate in? I operate in miraculous powers. How about you? Okay, it sounds bigger. It's just another gift that the Spirit gives. It's just another gift. I know that we're on Facebook Live, and sometimes I hate sharing these stories because I know they go out and some people get a little woo-wooed by these things, but it's all, I don't even know what woo-woo means, it just seemed like the right word, because it substituted the one that I wanted to say, you understand that, um, but I'll tell you this happened, 
Whether people don't like it or not, it happened. A few years ago, we were down here on a Friday night with our children for a service. We had about 50 kids here, and we had a tornado coming directly this direction. It had come through Defiance, and it was coming this way, and it was working its way across the Bush Wildlife Area. And where are you going to go here? We've got no basements. You can only shove so many of them in a toilet. What are you going to do at that point, right? And five of us said, we got to do something. So we went out and we stood on that sidewalk and we pointed at the clouds and we began to proclaim in Jesus' name that that tornado would lift and it wouldn't touch us. And we proclaimed until we watched that thing go up and that cloud lift and it went all the way over our community and it didn't touch down again until it hit the airport. Okay? Pastor Brad, what's your belief? My belief is that God honored the crazy faith of people that were willing to step out on the sidewalk and say, not on my watch, not our children. That's, that's my belief. It's miraculous powers. Now, you might go, well, why the airport? Well, the simple answer is it's needed to be remodeled for years. I mean, it's... Have you been to that place? Oh my gosh, it's a dive. I mean, it needs some help. There's no doubt about it. Um, could we have commanded that thing to just dissipate? Yeah, I didn't think that way. I was just thinking about our kids. Are you, are you honestly standing there believing that you guys in that prayer that you changed the course of that tornado with everything in me, with everything in me? Just like I believe when we've laid hands on people and this has happened and that's happened and God's done things because it's a gift from the Lord. Miraculous powers are something that we need. Come on, let me, let me start wrapping this up. We don't need another church in O'Fallon without his presence. We don't. We don't need another church in, in our county and in our region and for crying out loud in our country, we don't need another church without his presence. Because when people come in broken and their lives are a pile and everything's been turned to ashes, they don't just need our, our quote to make them feel better. They don't just need another social cause to join around so that we feel better about our Monday. They need a miraculous touch from God. They need deliverance. They need victory. They need healing. They need hope. And we've got to be hope-filled so that they, we can give them what they need. That's why he gives gifts to the church so they can be used in and through the church. All right? You give me five more minutes? Thank you. You guys are good people. Thank you. All right. Let me, I'll hit them quick. After they were filled with the Holy Spirit, look in the book of Acts. The rest of these will come through Acts, so I'll do it quickly. Acts 2.22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. So not only did God, does God give miraculous powers, but they, referring to the apostles, proclaimed that Jesus had demonstrated powers, wonders, and signs. What did they even say? He was accredited by God because of those things. Come on. If you walk into a room with miraculous signs and wonders following you, it's a testament to how God's using you. How about Acts 2.43? Everyone was filled with awe at the many uh, wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Everyone. So not only did they proclaim them, they demonstrated them. Hey, this is what Jesus did. This is what we do. Number three, they asked for more signs and wonders to be demonstrated. They weren't satisfied. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 30, this is a prayer. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They are literally saying to God, God, empower us to do more. Empower us to do more. Can I take off my pastor hat that I never wear anyway? I don't want to be here if he's not here. I don't. If we're not a church where his presence is flowing and miracles are happening and lives are being changed, what is the point? Man, I want him. I want what he has. That's what our community needs. Desperately. They uh, continued to make signs and wonders a regular part of the ministry. Look at chapter 5, verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. All the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. They were like they would get together, they would talk about what God was doing, and they would ask for more. Last one for today is this. Signs and wonders were, were crucial in the spreading of the gospel of the kingdom. Acts 15, 12. The whole assembly became silent. I'll tell you why they became silent. It's because the whole assembly was Jewish. And Paul and Barnabas was reporting about the miracles happening for the Gentiles. They're like, what? The Gentiles? Are you serious? They got quiet. As they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. Wow. Even the Gentiles have signs and wonders that happen for them. Here's the challenge, and I'm done. As we seek the God of signs and wonders, may any sign and wonders given be used to give us more reason to fall in love with him. I don't want signs and wonders just for the sake of signs and wonders. I want him, and when he's here, God's word says signs and wonders follow what? The preaching of the word. Preaching of the word. I'm going to go there. If, if we're preaching God's word and we're not seeing signs and wonders, then we're not preaching God's word. Listen, I'm almost done. Very rarely do we go late in the second service. And I know I've, I've pushed four minutes already and it's going to become seven in a hurry. But I mean, it's Atlanta and New England today. Who really cares, right? <laughs> Who really cares? But I'm, I'm just going to say it. If your spiritual house claims to be preaching God's word, Faith Chapel included, and we're not having signs and wonders, we need to reevaluate what we're preaching and teaching. Because that's what's supposed to be normal. The book of Acts was not the pinnacle and apex of ministry for the church. The book of Acts was laying the foundation for ministry for the church. And Jesus says, if you think this is cool, as he continues to show me, greater things will happen and you're going to be more amazed. Come on, we want more. We haven't won every battle we wanted to win. I haven't seen the answers to prayer always the way that I've wanted to see them. And there are a lot of things at times I'm like, I don't get it. But it's not going to keep me from pressing in for more. Not at all. Let's stand together. You guys are amazing. It got hot. Anybody get hot? I got hot. I'm completely pitted out. It is hot up here. So, <laughs> Melissa Silverstein just lifted up her uh, Joshua, right? I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, Joshua. He's adorable. She was holding him while ago, and she had her head bent down far enough 
that the top crown of his head was covering her chin. And from my perspective, I look back and I'm like, dear Lord, she has a beard. <laughs> These are the things that I deal with when I'm speaking. I'm like, Melissa needs some sort of wax or something that, I mean, it's just, and then I'm like, oh, thank God, it's the baby. It's, whew. Okay, you never know what's in the water in O'Fallon. And you got Lucas just sleeping through the whole thing today, just down here, just snoozing. So train up a child in the way they should go, and they'll sit on the front row one of these days. So Kyle and Carrie have him right down here in the front. So um, I, uh, I don't ever want this day to be a waste of your time, ever. I really believe that we have a call to bring the fullness of his presence into our region. I do, and it's part of our speak. It's part of our DNA. I believe that one moment in his presence can change everything. I believe that signs and wonders are normal, and they're supposed to be here. I believe that a church of his presence is where he wants to dwell, and I think we just need to be really, really committed to walking after these things. So God, I bless your people. Um, I pray you'll bless them. Some of them, they're in circumstances right now they never anticipated and maybe even confused as to why they got there. So would you just surround them with your presence and your goodness? I know this, your word says, in everything give thanks, it's your will. <laughs> Not that everything that happens is your will, but that we'll have an attitude of thankfulness no matter what. So in everything, we will give thanks. Because your will is that we're people of thankfulness. And perhaps one of the reasons that that's your will is because if we enter into your gates with thanksgiving, then we can enter into your courts with praise. And if we'll keep a thankful heart, we will see you do the things that we so desperately need done. God, I pray you'll bless your people abundantly. I ask that, um, I know they're all committed to doing something for the poor and they're hurting through this offering this month. I just pray that you'll speak to them and you'll stretch them in ways that they never even thought possible. And God, I ask in Jesus' name that you'll use Faith Chapel to provide for 670 children this year. I ask you for that. Just do it, Lord. Somehow do it. But I pray over all of us, God, that... Um, that more than just giving an offering, we'll offer our lives every day as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, for this more than anything is our spiritual act of worship. Bless our offering today and use it to bring more and more people into the kingdom of heaven. Bless it abundantly and bless your people just because you love them. In Jesus' name, amen.